Welcome to the podcast for Real Church Coweta. We meet every Sunday at 10 a.m. at the Worship Center on the campus of Central Christian School in Sharpsburg. You can also check us out online at realchurchcoweta.com or jump on Facebook at Real Church Coweta. We hope you enjoy this week's message. All right. Hope everybody's doing good today. Dan, are you doing good? I'm better now. All right. Good stuff. Good stuff. Today's question that we're going to be looking at is a difficult one. It's a difficult question. I saved it to the end intentionally. Uh, It's actually going to be a two-parter. Today's a two-parter, so you have to come next week for the ending, maybe. Uh, It depends on how fast I go through. No, I'm kidding. It's going to be a two-parter. This week we are asking uh, this question. Next week we're going to follow up with the same question, and it will end this series through the summer because school is going to start back and everything gets back and you get the kids out of the house, right? So that's a good thing. Yeah, Anybody want to celebrate that? Yeah, yeah. Hey, it's just another day for Wendy and I. We're empty nesters. How about that? Um, <clears throat> right? So, but it's a difficult, it's a difficult topic. I want to tell you this. Uh, this is something very important uh, that I need you to know is that this week we're going to discuss this topic and then next week we're actually, I'm going to discuss it a little bit, but then we're going to actually put application to the process. And we're going to do that by, we're actually going to have uh, one of my favorite people, uh, it's Dr. Gretchen Peacock will be here. She is from a, a, a New Start Counseling and she is a Christian-based, Bible-believing, Christian-based counselor that walks with people through these difficult things. Are you with me? And for me, I'm just going to tell you, it takes a special person to be able to do that type of work. You have to have a certain kind of heart, a certain kind of patience, and and just a certain kind of love about you to be able to enter in every day with people going through difficult situations. And so the question is going to be this. By the way, let me just let you know, Mike and Cassie are not here today. Mike, uh, he's becoming very famous evangelist. He is at Bethlehem Baptist uh, this morning preaching. So I got a call from their pastor and said, hey, can I still, you know, I've heard great things about Mike. And I said, uh, okay. Uh, and uh, he said, can I steal your pastor, youth pastor for a week? And I said, sure, go ahead, you can steal him. So he's, he and Cassie are over there. And then I think everybody's, they're, they're going to jet out of there and head straight to the Braves game. And everybody's going to go up to the Braves game. Y'all are going to have a great time at the Braves game. So <clears throat> today's question, though, let me get back to the topic. Today's question is an emotional one. The question is this, why do bad things happen to good people? Why do bad things happen to good people? It's an emotional question. It's one that's asked oftentimes in the midst of pain and suffering. It's asked right in the middle of pain and of suffering. If I'm being completely transparent with you as a pastor... It's one of the most confusing aspects of people's lives as a follower of Jesus. It's one of the most confusing aspects of people's lives as a follower of Jesus. Because they believe that when they begin to follow Jesus, they begin to have their life changed by God 
their life is changed radically uh, at times by God. And the sanctification process that begins, they begin to see changes in how they live, the choices they make, the people they're around. And thus, by the world standards, they would be considered good. And then something occurs in their life that is traumatic, is tragic, and everyone around them would ask the question, they are such a good person, why do good, bad things happen to good people? They don't deserve that. They, they are a good person. And so it's very confusing. And I'm going to tell you something. This question that I'm asking today has had a lot of people leave Christianity. A lot of people have left the faith. They've left completely. And they have went a totally different direction because in their mind when they gave their life over to Christ. And if, and if God loved them enough they would not have to go through. They would not have to go through these things. Are you with me? It's a tough topic today. And so what you often get though is this. Why do bad things happen to good people? The question you would ask is, is, well, what is a good person? Right? What is a good person? What's a good person? Let me tell you how the Bible defines that. The Bible says that no one is a good person. No one is a good person. Your meemaw, the Bible says that she falls short of the glory of God. Okay? I know. It shocked me too. I thought Leo, which is my grandmother's name that Wendy makes fun of, uh, I thought Leo, uh, who passed away long ago, was such a great person. You know, the one that would smoke, um, I'm going to get this right, that would smoke Paul Mall. Is that right? Paul Mall. That would smoke Paul Mall. And drink black coffee on Saturday morning and talk about people. I thought she was a great person. <laughs> but apparently is that she, that she. All right, are we ready? Yeah. Everybody ready? Yep. All right. So I'm going to tell you how obnoxious I am. It bothers me if I have a mic on that's not working. So I'm going to throw that on the floor. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. <laughs> Have no idea why these crazy mics don't work. <laughs> listen. All right. Listen. My grandmother wasn't good. The Bible said that she wasn't even good. As a matter of fact, on a serious note, let's look at what the scriptures say. Romans chapter 3, verse 23. And we went over this in our series. It says this. It says, everyone... Everyone has sinned, and we all fall short. How many? All. We all fall short of God's glorious standard, is what it says. It says we all fall short of God's glorious standard. Isaiah 64, 6 says this. We all are infected and impure with sin. I want you to make sure you note that. You need to note that for what's coming next in a couple of minutes. We all, all 
are infected and impure with sin. When we display our righteous deeds, here you go, the best we can do, the maximum amount that we can come up with, the grant, the, as much as good as we can be, you know, everything that the world defines as great, we can be perfect, we can be all these things to the world standard. They all are nothing but what? Filthy rags. They're filthy rags. That's what they are. So what is good? The scripture says that no one is good. Ecclesiastes 7.20 says this. It says not a single person on earth is always good and never sins. Not a single person on earth. I want to tell you a little something that I don't ever want you to forget, and it's this. There's only been one person ever born good that a bad thing happened to. There's only been one person born who was born good and who stayed good that a bad thing happened to. Only one. And that's Jesus Christ. Period. Here's the issue, though. And I have heard, I have heard that sermon a lot. As a matter of fact, I've heard a lot of pastors, basically their whole text was centered around how the world defines something good and, and, and God defines something good. And those two things are different and they are different. You know, there's a text in the scripture that says, God, your, your ways are not my ways because your ways are higher. And so the pastor would then do the whole sermon that no one is good. And I agree with that. The whole sermon would be no one is good. No, but here's the problem that I do have a little bit with that. Is that doesn't do anything to help you as you leave and experience those things. It doesn't do anything to bring you comfort no one wants to say, well, my grandpa who just died, I guess he was just a piece of poo. You know, he was, he was horrible. He's a filthy rag like me. And that's why it happened. No one wants to hear that. Because you know why? Because doggone it, we love grandpa. And we wonder why these things happen. And so I don't want today to take an exit. The day, I don't want to take the exit door. I don't want to take the exit door and not address a deeper understanding and a deeper meaning behind what I believe God will lay out for us to this week and next week. And so the question is, and the real question is, I guess, let me say that. The real question is this. Why do bad things happen to people that are trying to be good? And for people that are really trying to live a good life. Why, why do bad things happen to those people? Why does it seem like that bad things happen to those people? Why is that? Well, let's look at chap John chapter 16. I can't wait to start John, the book of John. We're going to be going through the book of John this year, by the way. Starting in August, we're going to go through the whole book of John. So it's going to be really good. But John chapter 16, Jesus is talking to his Disciples, he says this, he says, I've told you these things so that you won't abandon your faith. 
for you will be expelled from the synagogues. That's a bad thing. And the time is coming when those, uh, when those who kill you will think that uh, they are doing a holy service for God. Isn't that interesting? He's like, uh, yeah, you're going to be expelled from the synagogue. And oh, by the way, when people kill you, it's like, whoa, whoa, what happened? What? When people kill you, they're going to think they're doing a holy service for God. This is because they have never known the Father or me. Yes, I'm telling you these things now so that when they, they happen, you will remember my warning. I didn't tell you earlier because I was going to be with you for a while longer. And then he starts in discussing the Holy Spirit, and he says, But now I'm going away to the one who sent me, his Father, and not one of you is asking where I'm going. Instead, you grieve because of what I've told you. But in fact, it is best for you that I go away, because if I don't, the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, won't come. And if I do go away, then I will send him to you. He's telling them bad news. And then skip down to John chapter, the same chapter, verse 16. He goes in and he says this. He says, in a little while, you won't see me anymore. But a little while after that, you will see me again. Some of the disciples ask each other, what does he mean when he says this? In a little while, you're going to see me, but then you won't see me. And I am going to the Father. And what does he mean by a little while? We don't understand. And so Jesus realized they wanted to ask him about it. So he said, are you asking yourselves what I meant? I said in a little while, you won't see me. But a little while after that, you'll see me again. I tell you the truth. You will weep and mourn over what is going to happen to me. But the world will rejoice. You will grieve, but your grief will suddenly turn to wonderful joy. And then we skip down to verse 31, and here's what it says. It says, Jesus asks, do you finally believe? But the time is coming, indeed it's here now, when you will, here it is, you will be scattered, each one going his own way, leaving me alone. Yet I am not alone because the Father is with me. I have told you all these things so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows. But take heart, and here's the good news, because I have overcome the world. In this world, you're going to have many trials and many sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. Jesus promises both sadness, which is followed by joy. And that's a theme that we're going to see throughout the message. Sadness followed by joy. There's many biblical examples of people going through trials and hardships. I want to go through some of those. Noah endured a flood and, and loss of all of those people surrounding him. I was thinking about this the other day. I was thinking what it was like to be Noah, and I don't think we really reflect on that. But think about this for a second. If you were Noah, let's say you lived in Sonoy like me, and, and, and I lived in my neighborhood, and all of a sudden everyone around me was gone. Everyone around me was gone. The loss that he would have felt, the pain, the trial, the sorrow that he would have felt. Joseph's brothers in, the, in Genesis rejected him and sold him into slavery. And then, after he was in slavery, a woman wrongly accused him, and then he experienced imprisonment even though he was innocent. Joseph had that kind of life. 
and he was someone who was called by God. Jacob's sons endured a famine. He was also called by God. Ruth, her husband died. Hannah faced infertility in 1 Samuel, and other people taunted her constantly about it. That's not a good thing. In Luke chapter 8, we see a man that was faced with demon possession. In Luke chapter 8 also, we see a little girl that died due to illness. In Luke chapter 13, we see a woman that had been crippled for over 18 years. And in Acts chapter 7, we see a servant of God, a mighty servant of God in Stephen, who was stoned to death because he stood up boldly and mightily for his faith. There are lots of examples of people in the text of the scripture that have had trials and tribulations and sorrow and who have faced difficult things, who have faced bad things. And so I want to answer the question for you now. Why do bad things happen to good people? Why do bad things happen to good people? And here's your answer, and it's one word. The word is this, and if we could bring that up there, the word, if we could bring it up there, is sin. That's the word. Why do bad things happen to good people? Sin. That's why bad things happen to good people. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, I'm glad you ask. Let's dive into exactly what that looks like and what that means. This is going to be your first point if you're following the outline. It's this, and I told you guys this a few weeks back. We live in a fallen world. We live in a fallen world. And I want you to understand something. Until we reach heaven, we are going to live in a fallen world world. There are consequences that naturally occur with the the fall of man. Whenever man fell in the book of Genesis, in the early portions of the book of Genesis, when we see the fall of man, we see a brokenness that comes between the relationship that he had with God. And we see that relationship splintered because of the choices of Man, And that is what brought about the sin that entered the world. And I want you to understand that goes so far in the world that we live in today. And we're going to talk a little bit more about this. But that goes so far. You are going to be amazed when you get to heaven. The extent that the fall of man and that sin played on the world that we live in today. You're going to be amazed at how much was, you're going to be amazed at how broken the world was today. It was sin that happened. I've told you this before, but I want you to understand something. We had a brokenness. The law was brought. The chosen people that were chosen to bring forth the Messiah, they were brought forth the Messiah Through the line of David, he was brought through. And when he arrived on the scene, he brought forth a way in which we could reconnect with God. He was the bridge that connected us back to God. He made all things whole 
in himself. He was the one that never did bad but had a bad thing happen to him. It was Jesus Christ. He made everything whole. And when that occurred, we then begin to live in what we now refer to as the age of grace. And we are living in the midst of the age of grace where we are a fallen world with people like you and I who are actually citizens of heaven, but we still live in the fallen world. I told you this whenever we talked about this a few weeks ago, that when I was in Haiti, one of the things that I did is we, we'd actually, we actually saw some of the embassies that was there, okay? The embassies that were there. And Haiti hadn't, it wasn't like it was now. It was a little less politically unstable. It's more politically unstable now than it was then. But there was a lot of bad things happening around the embassies. But inside the embassies, they were, they were kind of protected. I mean, they, they were still living as citizens, for instance, it's crazy because if you go, all countries have these embassies, and if you go, if you take one step inside the embassies, as far as the people are concerned, those area inside the embassies, those are, that's American soil. It's, it's the craziest concept, but that's what it is. And so they're, they're citizens of America living in foreign soil. And that's the same concept that we are now. We are citizens of heaven living here in the broken world. And so we get, sometimes you see these embassies and they're overrun or, or people will shoot people or they'll do bad things. And the people, while they are citizens of America, they wouldn't experience that necessarily here. But there's people that are against them or there's people or just the overall general atmosphere. As a matter of fact, there was a lady who was a missionary there and she had helped so many people. And she was an American citizen and she actually ended up getting shot and killed in a, by a stray bullet. Of, she got in the middle of a fight in Haiti between two you know, warring factions and all of a sudden she got killed. And it was, a, it, it was nothing she did. She didn't do anything wrong. She was just part of this Warring country, although she was a citizen of heaven. And so the crazy thing is we have all the rights of heaven. We have, that's what the Bible says, we have the rights of heaven. We are citizens of heaven, yet we live here on earth. And because we live in the fallen world and because we're in the middle of the age of grace where God wants everyone, everyone to accept his son, and he gives those opportunities, the reality is, is that we live in a fallen world. And that fallen world is fallen because of one thing, and it's sin. Let me explain it to you like this. I love the way Tony Evans explains it. Tony Evans explains it like this. He, he actually separates sin into three different segments. And I love the way he does it because it makes so much sense to me. He said, there's three types of sin, you know, it's, and look, this is not something that's, you know, hard and fast. It's just his way of explaining it. Three types of sin. Well, the first type of sin is this. It's sin that you do. Are you with me? It's sin that you actually do. It's, it's sin that you do. And these are sins that cause you harm. And we could think about some of those things. We see people who make wrong life choices. And when they make those wrong life choices, they sin. And when we see them sin, then the consequences of those sin oftentimes are bad things. Are you with me? 
And so here's the thing we can do, though. Even though we still grieve for them, we, we kind of can go, okay, it was their choice, right? It, it was their choice. I mean, they, they made the choice, and they did this and did that. It's still sad because you want to look for the motivation behind why they do what they do. But it's like, okay, they make the choice. So, but th- the thing is, is, is it's sin that they do. The second type of sin is sins that are done to you. And this is where it gets really bad. Sins that are done to you. This is where someone takes advantage of you. Someone hurts you. Maybe it's a generational sin that's been passed down from generation to generation. It's when other actions, other people's actions, cause you harm and cause you pain. So there's sins that you do and sins that are done to you. And then the third one, the third one is like an all-encompassing thing. And I love how Dr. Evans explains it. He says, these are atmospheric sin. Atmospheric sin. And the atmospheric sin is due to the fall. The world is corrupt. The natural order that God created is broken and is in the process of being redeemed. And here's the thing, you guys. We see atmospheric sin all over the place, don't we? We see it all over TV. We see it all over the news. We see it all over everywhere. And most of the time, whenever we get caught up or something bad occurs that we would define as bad to someone we would define as good, it's going to fall a lot of the times either under the second one or the third one. The atmospheric sin. We see people that in our world today that have an overall sense that God's word's a joke and that the only power to save is that you can save yourself. And that's kind of the atmospheric sin. It's the overall mentality. Can I tell you something? Uh, I went, we went to Key West a few weeks ago. And, uh, and it, was, it was pretty fun. We had a good time. Wendy did a great job uh, showing everybody what we were doing every day, which was, I don't know. It was fun. Anyway, but, but it, it was good. And uh, it's totally fine. Uh, it was awesome. And, but, but we went, and, and one day we decided we would go down Duval Street. All right? Whole lot of atmospheric sin on Duval Street. All right? Whole lot of atmospheric sin on Duval Street. If you've never been to Duval Street... Don't go. I mean, a whole lot of sin. As a matter of fact, you guys ever been someplace and you're walking and all of a sudden, and I'm going to use a word that I used to use when I was little, you just kind of feel icky? We both felt icky on Duval Street. Now, mind you, I'm a big dude and it was 100 degrees, you know, in the shade. But I would have felt icky anyway. This was an internal ick. Are you with me? And you just felt kind of gross and kind of like, and we started seeing all these signs, and they were inappropriate, and people were laughing, and there were drunk people everywhere, and it was like 11.30 in the morning. And I was like, that may be an issue for that guy, all right? He may have an alcohol problem. 
but it was just kind of icky and kind of like, ugh. And, and I, I wanted to go there because we wanted, and I'll be honest with you, we enjoyed seeing all the little roosters that were running around more than we enjoyed the Duval Street. And, and we did a few other things, but we enjoyed that. We, we, I, I was like, why didn't we just stay home and look at roosters? I mean, there's a rooster up the street. I mean, we could have done that. But it was so, they were running around everywhere, by the way. I don't know why, I don't know why that's a thing. But anyway, <clears throat> so there were roosters everywhere. And it was really funny. I'll take a little side story because this is really funny. But we were sitting down for lunch, and a rooster came up and pecked Wendy's foot. It was really funny. And then I tried to kick it. And that's not allowed, apparently, in, 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 in Key West. You can't kick the roosters. So, but I shooed him off. So, and I took a picture of him, and he was mean mugging. He was like, it's a really funny picture that I took of the rooster. So that has nothing to do with this message. But it is a good little stopping point. Seriously, it was icky. And there was a lot of atmospheric sin there. The whole attitude was one of who cares about God? Who cares about holiness? Who cares about Jesus Christ? Who cares about anything? And there was just an overall atmosphere. And here's the thing, you guys. We live in that atmosphere because we live here in this broken world. Because we live in this age of grace that in the end will be redeemed. And so it's sin. And this sin causes pain. And the pain we experience oftentimes and sometimes that pain can be afflicted on other people. It's funny. Here, here's what First Peter says, chapter 4. First Peter 4, I believe we have it. It says, dear friends, don't be surprised at the fiery trials you're going through as if something strange were happening to you. Instead, be very glad for these trials make you partners with Christ in his suffering so that you will have the wonderful joy of seeing what? His glory. The bad and then comes the joy. The tough, then comes the joy. You will have the wonderful joy of seeing his glory when it is revealed to how, who of the world? Some of the world? No, all of the world. Even the people on Duval Street, all of the world will see. We live in a, foreign, in a foreign world and we live in a fallen world. The second thing I want you to know is this. And this is the greatness of God. And it's this. God does some of his best work when we are hurting. We live in a fallen world. That fallen world is because of sin. Why do bad things happen to good people? Because of sin. But I want you to know something and be encouraged by something. God does some of his best work when we are hurting. Here's the truth of the matter. You're all going to have pain in your life. You are all going to have pain in your life. And you are going to have times when you suffer. And people are going to pass away. And people are going to let you down. And people are going to hurt you. And some people may leave you. And you're going to experience things. And people are going to make their own decisions for themselves that may end up impacting you or hurting you. But the good news, before the, the sin part is bad, but the good news is, is that God does his best work when you are hurting. He does his best work when you're hurting. As a believer, as Peter said, as a believer, you should, you should anticipate, if you're following Jesus, you should anticipate to experience some of the same things that Jesus experienced. But God does his best work when we're hurting. 
Here's what the Bible says about our suffering. And I'll just go through this very quickly. And these are not up on the screen. Psalm 121 says that our help comes from the Lord when we are hurting. Job 42.2 said God can do all things. Psalm 25 is that we should have this hope in the Lord. John 14, 26 says that when we are in a, in a trial, that the Holy Spirit counsels us. 2 Corinthians 1, 3 through 4 says that God comforts us in all of our troubles. 1 John 4, 19 said that he loved us first. John 3, 16, as you know, that God so loved the world that he provided a remedy for the brokenness that comes from sin. And Revelation 21, 4 says that he will wipe every tear away. I want to tell you a story. The story is this. When my dad died, it was one of the hardest things that I had gone through in my life. Now, I was very close to my father. My father was not a perfect man. I've shared that before. I've shared with you that my dad, you know, he liked to drink a beer or ten, okay? And he was not a perfect man. He was not a perfect man. And neither are you and neither am I. But he, he struggled with some things. But I was very close to my father. And his opinion of me mattered a lot. And what he thought about my decisions mattered a lot. As a matter of fact... I would not be the person I am today had my dad not set a standard for me. And, and you know, it's really interesting because my dad, my dad wasn't, especially he was earlier in his life, but later in life he wasn't really a churchgoer. But my dad, my dad always tried to set an example of integrity and especially of character. He would always tell me, hey, don't forget what's on, what, what your last name is. You know, don't forget. You do people the right way. You do, the, you do the honest thing. You do, and he would do that. He, he always did that for us. And so when he passed away, it was a difficult thing for me. It was actually some of the most difficult days in my life. But I want to tell you something. It was through that, that time in my life that God showed himself on a deeper level to me. I want to be honest with you and tell you this. My dad's death in my life story is a turning point. It is. My dad's death is a turning point in my life story. When my dad passed away, it was a turning point. The turning point was of me finally saying, God, I will do whatever you want me to do. I no longer have to be in control. And if you want me to go into full-time ministry, then I will go into full-time ministry. And less than a year after my dad passed away, my dad passed away on January 14th of 2005. And on December 18th of 2005, I stepped foot in Palmetto Baptist Church and I began a full-time ministry and I've been in it ever since. It was a turning point in my life. God took one of the worst things that have happened to me at that point in my life, and he took it, and he used it, and he came alongside, and he cared for me, and he counseled me, and he walked with me, and he sent people to minister to me, and he started speaking to me on a deeper level. And it was one of the, literally, it was a turning point in my life. Because out of pain, came goodness out of my pain came a deeper trust 
And I look back now, and I can honestly say, while it was a horrible thing to go through, for me, for me, it changed my entire projection of my entire life. God does some of his best work when we are, are hurting. I want to read something to you as I close. That's half the message. you got to come back next week or watch online to see the rest of it. I'll give you a little preview. Most of the time, you guys, you're not going to know the reason why things happen. But here's the good news. We do know the outcome. I want to say that again. Most of the time, you're not going to know the reason something happens. But we do know the outcome. There's a kid that I'm, I'm close to here at the school. She's a sweet kid. Um, she is in a transition period in her life. And I asked her if I could read this. And so she gave me, she gave me permission to read this. But this, this kid has, has gone through a lot. Uh, she's, she's had some, had some struggles, especially family struggles, honestly. Um, um, her dad has, has uh, not lived up in my opinion to what, and uh, everybody's, I mean, I, her dad is, has not done some of the things that he needs to do, uh, as a father. Um, and so there was a divorce and it was just a really bad situation. And so this, this kid is going into a new season. So she's been through some hurts and she's going into a new season of her life. And she's going to, to, to off to college. She actually leaves in a couple of weeks to go to Barry College. And she wrote a blog post this week. And I read it. And I got really emotional. And I was like, I've got to ask her if I can read part of this. And remember, this is written by an 18-year-old kid. If I had this wisdom when I was 18, I'd have been so much gooder. Are you with me? <laughs> Here's what it says. She says, and she's talking about these issues, and then she went in and she says, as I was reflecting on what these endings may mean for me and how I'm going to move forward, I was reminding of the ending on the cross. The silence on the cross after Jesus declares that it is finished is deafening, but the silence is so powerful. The sorrow has set in. All of the followers of Jesus are in despair and they're confused not knowing what could possibly come next. However, they had hoped that their Heavenly Father's plan was better than anything they could see or the sorrow they were feeling in the moment. After reflecting on this a moment, one of the biggest in history, I realized that without the sorrow of the deafening final moment on the cross, the joy of his resurrection would not have been as sweet. Without sorrow and confusion... The joy and clarity of the Lord would not be nearly as sweet. So as I'm moving into this new chapter of life, living on my own, stepping into a time to push myself and become the woman of God I'm meant to be, I have been reminded that there may be sorrow that comes along with this new season. But sadness and despair have no hold on me, for the joy of the Lord comes in the morning. Pray for Angelie Reed as she goes to Barry College. If I had any message to you today, it would be this. 
though sorrow may last through the night, the joy comes in the morning. Let me pray for you. God, thank you so much for who you are. Thank you that you are the healer. Thank you so much that you love us to the point where you want to walk with us, carry us if you have to. Thank you for good and godly people that you put in our path to help walk with us. Lord, thank you so much that there are things that we don't even know that you've protected us from in this troubled time. And thank you, God, that you are our provision and our strength. God, thank you so much that you're our counselor. And God, we understand that bad things may happen. We understand that we live in a fallen world. We understand that it's sin is the reason that these things happen. It's brokenness of this fallen world. But God, we also understand that you're using us as vessels to do your work with the power that you give to restore what has been lost. And Lord, we know the ending already. And so we proclaim that now. We proclaim that though sadness and sorrow last through the night, that joy comes in the morning. And we pray, we don't take any credit for that. We praise you for that joy, that everlasting eternal joy. Thank you, God, for who you are. It's in the strong and mighty name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Let's stand up and have our final worship song this morning. Thank you for listening to the podcast for Real Church Coweta. If you have any questions or would like to contact us, please visit our website at realchurchcoweta.com and click on the Contact Us tab. We invite you to join us every Sunday at 10 a.m. in the Worship Center on the campus of Central Christian School in Sharpsburg. Until then, God bless and remember to love God, love others, and live real.